The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Welcome into another edition of Rams Weekly. Kevin Lytle, Coloradoan, me, KFKA, Brady Hull, excited to talk. Well, I'm always excited to see Kevin, and I'm excited to talk to him, but we are in a, it's kind of a negative start to the show, because we'll talk CSU football first, but maybe CSU football will turn into a positive the next couple of weeks, Kevin. It's a it's all a positive because we're hanging out. We're doing Rams Week. Just, this, this is the really, I mean, it's always really fun times with Rams Weekly. But the little double dip when oh. we have football and basketball, and there is still plenty to talk about. We have oh, a spicy yeah. November Overlap. ahead of us. So. Overlap season. So absolutely, it's it's all good, Brady. There's a lot to talk about. Um, CSU's final three games, we'll hit that. Wanting to go to, uh, can they get to a bowl? They're going to have to win out. Um quarterback play, I want to get your thoughts on that because somebody asked you a very interesting question via social media. So I want to get to the quarterback situation for Colorado State. CSU Rams getting their first win of the season in their first game of the season. They're going at it, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, going at it on a Friday. Uh, And then a big game that they have, at least locally, is Tuesday against the University of Northern Colorado. So jam-packed show, man. Lots to discuss. A lot going on. Uh, This has been a a fun week so far. Yeah, it really has. And that's what, you know, it's tough when football's losing, but it's nice when you can get distracted a little bit by college basketball. Not Not just the Rams, even, but all the college basketball that's happening. But we are still in that football mode for at least the next couple of weeks. The Rams hope that's a little longer than that. They know what they have to do, Kevin. The the uh, the motto this week, I suppose, uh, is at CSU is treating these games like playoffs, right? It's basically they're in the playoffs. Yep, that's been the line. It's an interesting uh, tone, I guess, if you will, or, or line to toe because it's you know it's playoff time. We have to win, but also one game at a time because you can't win three games on Saturday. It's hard to do. So it. it's an interesting one. I I I get why they're doing what they're doing and sort of having that talk of. Um, just kind of reminding players, I think, not that they can't do a math, but just, uh, hey, like, we still have a pretty big goal in front of us. Like, yes, it's, you know, October, basically, in a whole was a frustrating month, or, you know, October and November, but we can still reach a pretty significant goal if we buckle down and get the job done. So it's it's really fascinating to me right now, the narrative, if you want to call it that, the the mindset amongst not just the team, but really the fan base too, because three and six, obviously not a fun record, not where yeah. this program wants to be. But they also have three winnable games in front of them, three games they may well be favored in all of them. And if they were to win all of them, six and six and a bowl game, that's a successful season. I know the rivalry losses are still a frustration, something that needs fixing ASAP. But overall, if that happens, I think the vast majority of your fan base, except for you know the the far off ones that just won't be happy with anyone, would say, "All right, yeah, job, you know, job done. On to next season. You know, let's go win a bowl, and on to next season. We're trending up." But the way the schedule's fallen, you have these three potentially winnable games, but no margin for error. Yeah, and I've always said this, Kevin. You know, with bad programs, which CSU has been one for yes. a while now, um, you just want to see progress every single year. It'd be great if you could. Go from three wins to 
what what Norvell did at Nevada, and you're winning eight, and now you're in conversations of, it'd be awesome. But be a realistic fan. That takes so much time, and I know Transfer Portal changes it, but if you can see some progress, you should be happy. That being said, let's say a couple of these scenarios play out. You you don't you don't get to the, uh, a bowl, but maybe you win five. How much pressure is on Jane Orvell now to succeed next season? The five number is the one that's really fascinating to me. So I think if it's three or four, pretty much bar none, that's a pretty big disappointment. Yep. If it's six, I think kind of the opposite. Like that's yeah, there's some frustration that you didn't win rivalry games, but overall, you know, that's pretty much a success. If you're at five, you obviously wouldn't get a bowl. Whew, that's a tough one. I mean, this team feels like it should be a bowl team. There's enough there. Depends on how the five is, too. Like, say CSU beats San Diego State, beats Nevada, and then lays an egg in Hawaii with a win-and-in game to make a bowl, that would feel pretty bad. If they lose to San Diego State this week and then rally, beat Nevada, beat Hawaii, maybe it'd be like, well, you know, we were this close, yeah. you know, not to use that one. <laughs> Five would be a really mixed bag, I guess, is my, my general answer is, you know, there would be some that would be progress. There'd be more wins than CSU's had in a while, but it would still feel like you you probably should have found a way to get one more. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, we're, we're The next three weeks are going to tell us a lot about what the, what the future is going to look like. Not that Jay Norvell's going anywhere or anybody necessarily on this coaching staff is going anywhere. But it's going to tell us the the vibe of the off season. Is it going to be a lot of doom and gloom? Pressures on Norvell. Let's start listing candidates. All those kind of things. Or is it going to be, wow, freshman quarterback? You know, weird, weird, weird schedule, weird year. But you pulled it out and you won six. I'm excited to see what another year with BF Ed as the starting quarterback will look like for CSU. Yeah. This thing could go so many different ways. Yeah, I think we learn a lot about what this locker room is actually like in these next couple weeks. I said on the whole show earlier today, you know, I've covered a lot of bad CSU football teams, unfortunately, and I, several of them I've been around were quitting, you know, to put it harshly but accurately. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to call anyone out individually anymore. It's in the past. But there are several teams that had quit. By these final couple weeks, it was, you know, let's cruise control through practice. Let's cruise control through the game and get on to the offseason to whatever's next or next season, whatever it may be. And that is not the impression I get from this team. Will that translate to wins? I do not know. But I, I still, you know, it's sort of an intangible thing. It's really hard. You can't really pin it down. But just kind of my experience tells me that this team is still dialed in, thinks they can achieve something. So we'll see. I think, we'll, like I say, I think we'll learn a lot. It's just this team is hard for me to understand, yeah. Kevin. I, I just too. I've looked at it. You know, we were we were talking about this um, about the chances of CU and CSU potentially going playing each other in a bowl game, like the LA Bowl or whatever yeah. the Jimmy Kimmel thing is. Um, that's the Gronk Bowl now, isn't is it? Is it the Gronk Bowl? Okay, yeah. So. But yeah, that's out. So that would be interesting. Um, but I was just thinking about where we were in that third week of the season with CU and CSU. It was like 11 million people watching. You know, the Rams gave CU all they could handle. CU, at the time, were thinking is going to be a really good football team. And then, of course, it was just kind of up and down, mostly down for CSU. I'm not sure what to make of this team. You know, you see so many, you know, again, the Utah State game, weird yeah. how you're up 17 nothing, and then you end up losing that game. 
so many, you know, the, the Wyoming game, of course, Kevin, is so frustrating because yeah. you had opportunities, a missed field goal, and then the very next two possessions are turnovers that lead to touchdowns. Yeah, uh, it's just a team that can't be consistent and doesn't seem to play you know, complimentary football, to use the coach cliche. You'll have the defense in stretches where it's good, but it seems like at those times the offense is sputtering. And then you'll have times where the offense is kind of flying, but the defense has sputtered. And, and yeah, it just doesn't go they, – they aren't going together. And you can see how hard the team's playing that. Uh, there was the fumble late last week against Wyoming that – seemingly ended the game. One, Justice Ross Simmons chases fully oh, down the man, field to tackle cool. the guy, that which part was cool. at the point was like, okay, like great effort, great play, but it doesn't matter. And then the defense gets a four-play stop basically at the goal line. Again, that's why I say like this team is not shut down. They, they are playing not necessarily well, but they're playing hard. So if you can fine-tune some things – it seems like there's still possibilities out there. But, yeah, it's it's just maddening because at times – and that's why I say this feels like a team that should be a bowl team because when you see the good on both sides of the ball, say, like, this is not a 3-9 and nine team. I've had some fans, understandably very frustrated, say, oh, yeah, this team's worse than last year. This team, they have improved. It's like, that's a lie. It's like, way different. Like, this team yeah. is better – but you do need results at some point. Offensively, you know, just picking up a first down was an issue last year. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I mean, the the you're not looking to actually analyze the situation if if you're seeing they're not saying that you know it's any better than, it's, than last year because it it just is. It, it is better. Um, you are competitive in most of your football games. I yeah. mean, you haven't had. Really haven't had any blowouts. Yeah, but you do have to win at some point. But that's that's why I think the schedule is so funny and just how a schedule falls. Because if CSU played Nevada and Hawaii the first two weeks of Mountain West play, let's say, and had beat them both, you know, let's say they're sitting at five wins with three weeks ago, people would be feeling pretty good. You oh, know, really good. You know, like people would be pretty happy and comfortable. So if they end up winning these, you can sit there and be like, well. You know, the schedule made it feel kind of funky how it happened, but kind of ended how we sort of thought it would. But right now, staring those games in the face, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, well, and there's, again, a lot can be determined here, at least of how everybody's mood's going to be, the pressure situation on CSU, depending um, how these final three games go. Uh, and I want to talk about more, a little more on that, and then we'll talk some basketball as well. But if things go south against San Diego State, and we talk about, you know, the give up factor, all that. Do we see another change at quarterback? And Kevin will take us through that journey um, on the other side. So we'll take a quick break here. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice. It's 103.1 and If the season goes a little bit more south, Kevin, meaning you lose to San Diego State this weekend, obviously your bowl chances out the window. Do you see uh, any kind of change at quarterback again? And specifically, do you see Jay wanting to go back to a guy like Clay Millen if there is a future with a guy like Clay Millen? Yeah, so I had uh, a mailbag 
today. Uh, kind of had two part question there about one: Do I think BFN is the guy long term? And then also, you know, what's next for Clay Mountain? So this weekend gets interesting. You know, it's a huge you know swing game, if you will. The obvious is if CSU wins, they're still in bowl contention. If they lose, they're out of bowl contention. But within that, let's just say CSU loses. You're down two games left. You obviously know you can't go bowling. Specifically at quarterback, I would be very surprised if CSU is out of bowl contention if at some point in basically after bowl contention is out, if we don't see Jackson Brousseau, the mm. freshman quarterback. Wow. Um, he, to my knowledge, is kind of running as the backup quarterback. Uh, like if BFN were, you know, knock on wood, hopefully not, but if he were to get injured during the game, I think it might be Brousseau that comes in. But then if they're out of bowl contention, I think you want to get him some game action. He can still redshirt. He's appeared in one game. He came in late in the Utah Tech game when it was over. You can play up to four, so we're already at that threshold. So if they're out of bowl contention, I think they would get him some reps, let him get some extended time. Not necessarily as a, oh, darn, like it's not BFN, we're moving on. More as a, we really like this young guy. We need, you know, yeah, get, these games, not that these games don't matter, but we can't make a bowl. So give him a chance. And then, you know, the big picture kind of no matter what happens these final three weeks i think you roll into spring with a competition of some sort you know bfn let's say they went out and make a bowl bfn would surely be the leader in the clubhouse but i think you'd make sure it's it's a competition for clay specifically it's tough you know we've talked about this you know feel bad for the kid you've you went from the guy for quite a while to you know with the snap of a finger you know you're on the bench and you know, not really back in or, you know, even fully in the mix. And it's tough. He's redshirted. He's he's used his one-time transfer, so he'd have to graduate or apply for a waiver to transfer and play again right away. But it's hard to see a CSU path for him. They, you know, Jay Norvell keeps talking about BFN as our guy, uh, you know, mm. and oh, that is kind of right now. It's not like he said, you know, BFN starting down in Austin, Texas, week one next year. Obviously, uh, that conversation doesn't happen right now. But it's just hard to see a path for Mill. And you hope, whatever it may be, he finds you know a good spot where he you know is happy and comfortable. He's not a bad, untalented quarterback. It just seemed like the fit and timing just didn't work together. But, but yeah, I think the quarterback thing is very interesting. And if CSU falls out of bowl contention, certainly keep an eye uh, on number eight to see if he comes in. It's amazing how things changed. Uh, you know, in the offseason, we're talking clay, 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 and not really a much of a debate there and then you know shortly after the first half Changed of that Washington really fast, State yeah, yeah that, that game of course and let me ask you this Kevin uh, that speaking of Washington State I think we all agree that that game felt like a conservative game yeah um there are times when I think that it's for air 80 and then there are <laughs> other times where I'm like that's the most conservative air raid I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I'm feeling like this more and more. Uh, last week, I thought that too. And it wasn't that they weren't throwing. They, I mean, it wasn't like they had an overwhelming amount of runs. It was just not this overwhelming go downfield yeah. style. And of they, play. they had zero explosive pass plays last week. Uh, explosive is defined, at least for CSU, 20 yards or more. They had zero, I believe, last week. And yeah, there weren't. There were a couple, like I think as the first drive, they threw Horton in the end zone. I, I think, it, if I'm remembering, a little underthrown got broken up. Uh, but there really weren't a ton of attempts. And yeah, I think 
the offense has been weird for sure. And, you know, they've gone from, you know, conservative at times. You know, I think that Washington State, like you said, was a good example. Then they went full breaks off the CU game. And then they, you know, BFN was turning it over a ton and they sort of swung back the other way of, you know, well, we need to protect the ball a bit. And they just haven't really found an equilibrium of through a game being aggressive without being too reckless. So sometimes it's felt cautious. Sometimes it's felt, uh, you know, you kind of bang your head saying, oh, you can't turn it over there. There have been, stre- you know, stretches within games where it's really explosive, then stretches within games where it's very much like, just per- seemingly predictable and leading to punts and stuff. So, yeah, it ju- it's just inconsistent. That's the word of the season. Yeah, and it, there was the sequence there, Kevin, that really bothered me was was the after the missed field goal um, in the second half. Wyoming's driving down pretty easily, and then CSU stops them, yep. forced field goal, miss it. CSU gets the ball back. Heck of an opportunity. I think they're on their own 40 or something like that. Uh, it's two straight runs, and then it was, of course, the pick. And I guess at that moment, I'm like, man, you got to miss field goal. You're playing with house money at this point. It's still a one-score game. Go for broke right here. And that was where my mindset was, but instead it was two run plays conservative. And then, of course, third down and everyone knew they're throwing it. It was a pick. Yep, and and CSU's been terrible in third quarters through Mountain West play, certainly the last couple weeks really significantly. And, and yeah, Jay Norvell, after a game, basically took the blame, said it's my fault, I need to, you know, put us in better situations i think that was some of it right there i think they regretted what happened there not just because it ended in a pick but how it happened so yeah they there are these times and that i think that's a good example where they seem really committed to trying to get the run game going i think some of that is you know they've put their d in a lot of bad spots this year so you can kind of get it but man if it's not working it's not working it, you know, find Dallin Holker for five yards rather than try and run. You know, some, yeah. again, that's easy for us to say. The, sure. de- the yeah. defense has something to do with it, too. Um, but, yeah, they just get in these weird funks where they just cannot find a way to break through. And um, it's too boom or bust. Uh, it's okay sometimes if you get one or two first downs and punt. That's better than... Uh, obviously what happened there with a couple runs and a bad pick. You know, they, they they don't really have any middle ground, it seems like. It's either a great drive or a terrible drive. Yeah, and you said it, I think, earlier today on the whole show. The pendulum has kind of gone back and yeah. forth. Like, we're going all in, and no, we're going to try to slow yeah. it down. Oh, it's, we're going to go all in. And there's an old Mike Bobo line, not to go back to that, because obviously that era wasn't great either, but he, he, said, he always said he wanted every drive to end in a kick, either a, a PAT, a field goal, or a punt. But if it's any a kick, you can survive it. And that's, again, every every team thinks in that way. But sometimes that's where I, I feel like this is where this offense needs to learn of, you're not going to score a touchdown every do- drive, and it's okay. Like, if you move the ball a little bit and end up having a punt, that's okay. Yeah, You need to eliminate the catastrophic plays. And sometimes I know, you know, we don't want sacks. There were so many of those last year. Everyone was mad. But every now and then you kind of wonder, should BFM have just you know, chucked that in the third row or even just turtle? Like a turtle and a punt, Peyton Manning learned that. that. Some, fainting goat. Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's the play. Last one for you. I know we got about a minute here. Kevin, Tory Horton update. Are we expecting Tor- him this weekend? Tory just plays, man. <laughs> I couldn't believe, you know, obviously he's super banged up anyway, and then he, had, he got bent super awkwardly on that play. I'm forgetting when it was, but... 
But either way, is like, oh, gosh, is this guy done? No, he comes right back out. I swear he's put together by tape right now. Yeah. But he's actually looked more involved in practice this week than he has the previous week. So uh, he's going to play. He's probably going to play pretty well because he's Torrey Horton. He just finds a way. He's a machine, man. He's and absolutely a machine. His commitment to playing is pretty impressive. There are some guys that could see a payday on the horizon and say, you know what? I might bow out. Yeah. No, I mean, he especially at the – toward the end of yeah. the season like this. Um, all right, well, I want to talk some basketball with you. we got to talk basketball. That was fun. It's hoop ball season, baby. It's scary at first, but it got better. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. We're still very much interested to see what this football team will do. Three games remaining. I think it's possible. I'll actually get Kevin's thoughts on that if we're going to go ahead and predict that they will be bowling uh, when it's all said and done. But moving on, Colorado State Hoops started uh, their season, both the men's and women's team. They had a a double whammy at Moby Arena Arena on uh, Monday night, and both got the wins. So... Got to feel pretty good about the start to the season for Colorado State. Yeah, good start for two teams that could have pretty good seasons. I think both are, I don't know, I guess preseason you would call them like tournament bubble territory on, on both the men and women's sides. So if you can see how they can get there, it's uh, you know a tricky path like it always get, is to get to tournament. But I think it's realistic for both of them. And yeah, good start. The women did pretty much what you expect. LeMoyne is moving up to D1 and CSU just outclass them basically it could have should have been more than 20 but you're not gonna whine about 20 point win it it was fine for game one they just kind of did what they needed to do the men we knew that was going to be a trickier game louisiana tech uh, they have a lot of high major transfers they're a big strong athletic team there were parts of the what csu did that i did not like and did not go well i certainly wouldn't say they played great but they had that eight-minute stretch, just a surge of absolute dominance to turn an 11-point deficit into really a pretty comfortable win. The final three, four minutes you know, weren't really in doubt. CSU just completely turned the game around. They did defensively. They're getting beat up pretty good. And then they just locked down. Nico Medved cinched the rotation down pretty tight to his core defensive group, at least for a matchup like that. And and the Rams took care of business. Isaiah, again, you kind of sit there like, eh, not a great game for Isaiah. You know, he didn't score very much early, didn't hit three-pointer. Oh, yeah, double-double. Yeah, just an easy double-double. Just for a him. casual tennis. But he just, it feels like he was just, I don't want to say taking time like he wasn't trying to win the game early, but it was almost like he was backing up trying to assess the situation a little bit more. I think it's one of those reminders like, yeah, these are all guys that have played a lot of games, but it's a new group. I mean, most of these guys, you look at the starting five, Zay and Pat Cartier obviously played a lot of games together, but that's it. Zay and Joel Scott had never played together. Zay and Nick Clifford had never played together. Even Zay and Josiah Strong had hardly played together because mm-hmm. Josiah was out last year. So most of that starting five, yeah, they've obviously been practicing on scrimmages and stuff, but it's different in a real game. So some of it's just that feeling out process, but 
they ended up turning it on. I think when you tweeted it out, it was like at the eight-minute mark or nine-minute mark. If they're going to do this, they're going to do this now. And it was. It was like instantly. <laughs> well, I, I just walked out, actually. I told him, I, you know, yeah, there was I a figured. time I said, excuse me, Nick, I have a thought. Yeah. Do you guys want to, like, start playing good defense and start <laughs> scoring a bunch? He what? was like, guys. Yeah. Just what he said. You ever thought about winning the game? Well, I gave, you know, you know? I, I want to take all the credit, but I've been giving Nico some pretty good tips. So, you know, there was that one, you know, they read my tweets in the huddle, obviously. That's, oh, that's the main thing. That's mainly what they do. So they saw that one. But then also we were talking about crowds and everything and how, you know, Moby obviously is great when it has big crowds. I said, just win all your games. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go win your the Sarnon Conference, then go play top 10 Crane, beat them, yeah, beat, beat them. top 25 St. Mary's, beat top 25 Colorado, and be ranked like 10th in the nation. Like, you'll get crowds. Like, yeah. This yeah. is some pretty good it's analysis. It's kind of weird that, you know, you're not where Nico is. I mean, it's is. a pre- it's Nico's pretty good not thought. Covering you. Sometimes you wonder, like, <laughs> coaches, like, why, why do you just. Win the game. Why don't like, just, that's, hey, that's just what you should do. Hey, Norvell, uh, just win the boot, man. Yeah. You know, just win the boot. Yeah. That's it. You know? Yeah. Just find but a no, way. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe they'll try that. But, no, it was really fun. It was a fun opening night. I think that was a, a good test. It's one of those, since they won it, they're like, whew, that's nice. You know, that's going to be good for us. You know, when they're down 11, I'm guessing Nico's in there saying, why on earth did we schedule this team for game one? Kevin, I know as a reporter, you try not to be in the fan zone, but do you ever look at like these new guys? Because I do, and I'm looking at it going, man, I love all these new guys. I'm really excited about the roster, but I'm already kind of like fanning right now <laughs> on Joel Scott. Like, oh, I, it, was, it was really impressive. He, Nico has, to, credit to Nico, he has said all through camp, Everything we saw on tape for Joel at Black Hill State, he's been doing in preseason and camp and everything in the secret, super secret scrimmages that no one knows about. He was doing it. He did it again Monday night. He had a couple really strong blocks. Obviously, he scored really well. He is a big, strong kid who I think, you know, you know his athletic background, his family background. Yeah, he was D2 player of the year. I'm sure there's part of him that wants to make sure to prove to everyone, I'm not just a D2 player. Well, and I, no I, offense, D2, right. but, but like, hey, I'm at a new level. Let's continue it. Well, and I, I asked him the other day, I was like, hey, if I would have told you, you know, when I first met you, which was at that golf thing two months ago, that you'd be the leading scorer in your first D1 <laughs> game, uh, he would have been like, oh, I told you you were crazy, man. You know? Well, it's funny because, and I still think this is true, but CSU doesn't really expect or necessarily even need him to score like he did at Black Hills. His role is going to be as much, you know, defense and rebounding, you know. I want to say protect Cardia because that's that's a little demeaning, but in a way, that is what it is. He'll Joel Scott will be handling the toughest post player a lot of times. And that's what they want to make sure translates. I think it will. He he didn't have a big rebound night, but he will. So the scoring is like a bonus. If Joel Scott averages 14 a game or something like that, this feels like a tournament team. Talk about his family, too. He does have a really unique family. Yeah. Like uh, His mom played basketball at Air Force, was pretty good. His dad was uh, played for football right at Air yep. Force. And then all of his brothers play. Like, Three brothers that played college basketball, including I think most fans probably know Josh, who played at the other school down down the road in yep. Boulder. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, super athletic family. I mean, <laughs> that's quite a resume from, from a family of kids. Uh, 
dominant in high school. Uh, I believe he was the 4A player of the year at Lewis Palmer. And they went undefeated that year, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, so this whole Colorado Springs connection is, is really emphatic with him, Nick Clifford, Javante Johnson, even the walk-on Cam Lowe. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. And yeah, that Scott family, whew, those are some genes. Where did Nick Clifford go? Neek went to the Vanguard School, okay. which is not the biggest name, but he, they had an awesome year. His senior year, CSU recruited him really heavily. He, he was very close. I remember that recruitment. That seemed for a while he was coming to CSU. Ended up going again to the the school down the road in Boulder uh, with Tad Boyle. Needed a change of scenery. Rekindled that relationship. Ended up at, at CSU, and Neek is another one. He he really sailed into the game, and I thought played well. He had a couple big baskets in the second half. He brings an athleticism on the wing that CSU hasn't had. Uh, th- this team is just. It looks like you kind of want it to look long, strong, athletic, versatile. A lot of different guys that do different things. It's a fascinating roster. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, Kevin. Um, two years ago, it was front-loaded. You know, you had you had Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy and some nice players. Role players. Yeah, some role players. This year, you, yes, Isaiah Stevens is still a stud, but I could easily see a Neat Clifford, a Josiah Strong, a Joel Scott, even Cartier, uh, finish, if he finishes at the rim a little bit easier. I know he's going to work on that. Um, but I could see any one of those guys being... A star scorer Absolutely. for this team or lead the team. You're gonna have so many nights where you figure, look at your top two scores. Zay will probably be one of them most nights, but your other one, it'll be Joel Scott. Sometimes it's gonna be Nick Clifford. Sometimes I guarantee it'll be Pat Cardia. He he had so many good looks and he's great at the rim. Normally right. he, he, just, he had I think CSU's sixth best field goal percentage last year. So those are gonna go first night. Maybe some jitters, jitters or whatever. whatever. Yeah, it was uh, weird. You know. Jalen Lake will probably have a couple big scoring nights. Josiah Strong probably will. You you are going to have different guys have big nights frequently, which is a great combo because last year it was always okay. Zay is going to be good. How you know how much is he going to score and yep. who else is going to? Who's help? the other guy that's going to do it? Um, how about Kyan Evans, the, the freshman? He got a few minutes. He basically yeah. gives Isaiah Stevens a breath. Yeah, um, so, got a steal and a bucket. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought he showed some good flashes. He's one. He's kind of what you would think of as a freshman. I think offensively, he's going to help this team. Fits the system well. Will do some good things. He's a freshman on defense, which is, you know isn't really a knock. It just means. He's seen a different type of offense than he did in in high school, but they're really excited about him. Tavy Jackson is is out for the right now uh, future, I guess, if you will, the immediate future. So Kyan is really the only other guard they can you know they can use like Jalen Lake, Josiah Strong if they need to there. But yeah, he he didn't play in the second half as CSU pinched that rotation, but that was more a matter of circumstance. They're down eleven is basically like well. Zay's either going to lead us back or, or we're going to lose. So let's yeah. go, Zay. But yeah, I think Kyan's a guy that's going to be exciting. You're going to ride the roller coaster like you do at times. You know, there will be some moments where it's like, what's going on? Because he's a freshman. But there are also going to be some moments where you're like, oh, yeah. And I know I, I said, Nico, I said, so is he just following Zay around like a puppy? He goes, oh, yeah. So that's a good thing. Good guy to learn from, I suppose, right? All right, we'll wrap up the show on the other side. Uh, we'll get some Mountain West predictions for you on the football side of things. Take a look at. Wright State. That's who Colorado State's playing on Friday night. All that and more coming up next.
Yeah, I really loved um, the way Isaiah Stevens finished that game, Kevin. And uh, uh, during that comeback, he just—you know—he remind. I, I think I tweeted this out at one point. He looks like. A, 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 a professional hockey skater or player mm-hmm. sometimes. The way he moves on the floor so quickly. Yeah, very just, smooth. It's very smooth, man. And defenses have a hard time. When he decides, it's I got to get in that takeover, takeover mode, it's really fun to watch, man. Yeah, it really is. Actually, talking to Ryan Williams, the women's basketball coach, when I was doing the story last week on Isaiah and McKenna and their friendship and all the records they're breaking and whatnot, he said one of the things he admires just watching Zay as kind of a basketball fan is, yeah, Isaiah gets in that mode where he said, you know what? I'm going to dictate how this game goes. Mm-hmm. And he just does. Yeah, and it was good. I mean, he ended up with a double-double, 15 points, 10 assists. And again, this is the first game with this group. You know, it's going to take some time. Um, Where are you after one game? Feeling really optimistic about this team doing some pretty cool things this season? Yeah, I feel pretty much where I was before. I think this team is definitely going to be good and has a chance to be really good. I still consider them an NCAA tournament you know, kind of bubble type team that they have the ability to play themselves into it. I'm certainly not going to say they're a lock for it because almost no team is a lock for the NCAA tournament early, but I think they have the ability to be quite good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, if that second half, that last eight minute stretch was any indication, then man, they're gonna they're gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, they should be. I mean, with these pieces, when that offense is in full flow. It should be pretty entertaining. Yeah. And a Nico Medved system with Zay running it. That's why in the first half, you know, it didn't look great. But I was like, what are the odds that that carries all game? Because the system slash point guard, it's, it's just rare. It would have been a, a tough one to swallow, too. A tough yeah. loss. Not that Louisiana Tech's like a you, bad you can team. O- and I think that's going to be a good team. Yeah. And, you know, it's a long basketball season. That that wouldn't have been a resume wrecker. It would have been, you know, sort of a negative check on it. But, yeah, it, just, just the vibes. To play on vibes, you know. In some ways, football doesn't matter to basketball. But for a fan base, it does. You're feeling down. You know, the border war just happened. You're three and six. If the bas- men's basketball team loses the opener, there is a, a kind of an exhale of like, oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, but, you, you do. You do have that. Uh, they, they, they work together, even though they're totally sep- on separate yeah. islands. But it, I'll admit, like, Monday was great because CSU won. The UNC Bears won. The Nuggets won. It's a mean, great night for Col- the state of Colorado basketball. Yeah. CU women beating oh my gosh, LSU. Right. How could I forget uh, that? CU men, I know, won that night as well. Yep. I think I, maybe everyone in the state won. Yeah, I'm pretty night. sure because UNC women's basketball played I think right maybe Air Force them. lost. Yeah. Um, but, Portland State. Yeah. yeah interesting. Uh, but yeah, overall, a great night for basketball in the state. So Tuesday night yep. is going to be an interesting one. Um CSU uh, is coming here. I believe I'll be at the. You coming? You coming I'll, to I'll make the trek back making, into Greeley, making the journey. Um, so last year UNC yeah. gets the win. We know Dalton Connect went off in that game, and you know there's Dalen and that kind of thing. The year before that, CSU wins. That was the Roddy year Big comeback. But UNC was up after big. B- B- Bodie went off. Bodie in the Hume first half. had thirty points. The pride of Sterling, of yeah. course. What do you see? I mean, fascinating game. Yeah, it really is. Because I think both teams kind of have it circle on the calendar. We know for UNC, pretty much every time they play, it's a big one. Because if you know you can beat CSU, that that's quite a marker. CSU, 
think Isaiah Stevens is going to remember what happened last year, for instance. He he does not need motivation, uh, and he'll get it from that. I don't know um, this UNC team very well. They're 2-0, but obviously the opponent, I, I'd never heard of Northern New Mexico until last night, I think. So they haven't really played anyone good. They've taken care of business. Uh, CSU obviously has right state before that that they need to handle. But I think it's going to be a really fascinating game. Um and an important one for CS for both teams, but you know I cover CSU, so for CSU you can't lose that again. I no, mean, it, no. it, that is the type of game that can hurt a resume, and you just need to you know if you claim you're a tournament team, you have to win those. Yeah, I think CSU wins that game. I also thought they would win last year, and I didn't think they'd struggle. Yeah, I mean, two like you say, ago. two straight years where someone just really goes off. You know, who who might be the guy this year, I, or does this CSU team have now the defense yeah. that they'll just lock it down? The tough part right now for you and seeing. Again, they won last night, like you said. Uh, they're 2-0. and I don't know if this team is going to have that Dalen Koontz or that Bodie Hume or that Dalton Connect. Saint, this guy named St. Thomas was really you know, yeah. really solid last night. Uh, DeJore Reeves, like, they have some good players. They don't have those star players. That doesn't mean they can't go off and have crazy nights. But I just feel like now, I don't think CSU is going to overlook the Bears, at least at this no, season, which is cool for the they'll, Bears they'll because be they've yeah. kind of earned that. Another super kind of side note on this, but how many CSU fans are there, especially with this infusion it's of Colo- you know, the Colorado Springs people? It It's a trip they can obviously make. You sure. Including going to fun. Moby, too, but they'll be making these trips a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're a pretty good amount of CSU folks in the gym there. Yeah, no question about it, too. And What I was talking about for the Bears side of things for UNC, um, this is a good opportunity. If you do win or you show out, you're going to get a bunch of eyeballs I'd say it's more a win-win for for UNC. Especially if you can compete. You know, if you can stay within. Yeah, especially if you're UNC, even a competitive loss, I think, you know, can be a, a pretty good thing. All right, Kevin Lytle, let's look back at football uh, as we yep. wrap this show up and get some picks here. Wyoming, UNLV Friday night. Uh, really intriguing. Wyoming game. can still find their way to the Mountain West Championship. They're going to need some help, obviously, but the first step, they need UNLV to lose and they need to win. Well, they can take care of that um, on Friday night. So they UNLV is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Oh, this is, again, kind of a Mountain West elimination game, yeah. uh, title game elimination game. Wyoming's really bad on the road. Uh, the good thing for Wyoming is that's not a really hostile, you know, you're playing a 65,000 seat uh, stadium and there will be 20,000 people there. So it's not like it's, uh, re- you know, really tough atmosphere or anything. UNLV is pretty good. I'm super torn on this game. Uh, I'm guessing Wyoming wins it. Just I, not not yeah. not even discovered. I think they win. win it too. I do. I think that they're in uh, in that mode where they believe they can make this, a real run. Yeah, you know they they kind of had that embarrassing one in Boise. I think that was a lesson learned. So I'm just gonna go Wyoming. All right. Uh, let's see. Look at some of the other interesting ones. Fresno State and San Jose State. That's the one Wyoming needs. Fresno State. They yeah. need them to lose. Really interesting. San Jose's favorite. Yeah, they're favored by one point. And I know they're. They're a funky team. I've said all along that their their record didn't indicate what they are, but I think Fresno wins that. Ooh, maybe I'm just going to go opposite, just because you, I you were Team Fresno for so long. I too. was. Well, they got rid of my guy, but now they're really good again. And uh, <laughs> well, actually, he, they didn't get rid of him. He left because he just, he just left. greener pastures <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, give me San Jose State. No, yeah, give me them. Give me 
Let me do that. I guess if you yeah. win, you basically cover when the line's won. Yes. Like, I mean, you could win by one. All right. I'll, I'll take the, you know, I'll say they cover as well. Boise State, New Mexico. That'll be a cruise control. Uh, Huge line. I don't know if they cover that just because weird stuff. Air but. Force going to Hawaii. Maybe that's good for Air Force. Get out yeah. of the, get out, I was almost going to say get out of the country, but you, you know what I mean. Same idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll probably uh, inflict some anger punishment on Hawaii. Yeah, um, I think so, too. They're 19 and a half point favorites. Yeah, I think they cover that. I, I think they're going to go at it, man. Okay, San Diego State, Colorado State, you got to win them all if you want to go bowling. The Rams at home are three and a half point favorites, Kevin Lytle. Are they winning or are they and or are they covering? Every week, people want to ask, oh, are you ready to bail or change your, your prediction? I said six and six at a start. I've stuck to I'm not being a politician. I haven't wavered once. You know, after the Washington State game didn't waver, after a couple wins didn't waver, I'm sticking with it. Six and six, which obviously means CSU has to win. San Diego State, I've been frustrated with them just as someone that observes the Mountain West of they should be better. I don't know what they do with their offense. They I don't think they know what they do with their offense. I think it's bad. I think CSU is a little healthier this week. I, th- I said earlier, I think CSU is still locked in, so I'm going to say CSU wins and covers, and they've kind of figured it out. Did I say seven wins on the C- at the beginning? Of the I think so. Well, they could win out in a bowl. They could. That could very well happen. So I'm going to stick with my guns there too. I'm going to do it. I like the Rams to win. I like them to cover that. I think they take out a little aggression this weekend because oh, so you're you're saying a somewhat significant? I think they blow them out. Ooh. Jack, Jack Howell sounded Ooh, like he wanted to murder someone, well, man, and not really murder someone, but you know, it was good. Rams Weekly. We'll be back at it next week, Kevin. I'll see you Saturday. Absolutely. All Let's right. Go. Northern Colorado's Voice, one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA.